range of voices, sequels, reboots, spin-offs, remakes, and more of the things you already love. Obvious, obviously. Brendan and Nick present that movie you like. The sequel. Welcome to That Comic You Like Too. It's time for the great new podcast where we look at classic films, then pitch you the sequels you can't live without. I'm Brendan, and this week, I'm calling Nick. Here we go. Hello? Hey Nick, it's Brendan. Oh, good day Brendan. How are you? I'm good. I'm at your place. Where are you? I, I, I'm on the I'm on the coast for work. Why why are you at my house? Oh, because the recording equipment was still there. So I'm recording a podcast right now. Is is Tracy there? No one's here. Oh, I, I mean I'm here. I just let myself in. Never mind. What what? How, why? What can I help you with? Oh, so I thought we needed to record an extra episode of the podcast because I had some exciting news. Okay, I've I've not actually watched any any of the films that we were going to do yet so so this is a little bit outside of what we normally do and i'll just jump straight into it and you can tell me what your thoughts are and whether you want to do this or or not so i got a message from james gunn do you know him what the guardians of the galaxy director yeah yeah guardians of the galaxy slither wait hang on super Yeah, yeah, I got a message from James Gunn. So, so I got this message from James Gunn. I don't know if you the, know the James Gunn. Yes, James Gunn. So if yeah. you, so, you're aware of him. I don't know if you know this, but he's taking over kind of the DC universe as a kind of overseer, creative leader type. Yes, role. yeah, he's, yeah. I, I I did know that he's he's kind of doing the Kevin Feige thing for DC. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. So and he's messaging us. Yes, yeah, correct. So I think maybe he's got a bit stuck and apparently he's a fan of the show and he just asked if we would maybe pitch him some ideas for not just one movie, I suppose, but like an overall plan for the for the DC cinematic films kind of for the next year or two just to get things started, get him on the right on the right track and everything. And I just we, want we're to finally we're finally hitting payday. Ah, I mean, I yeah. guess, I, I guess so. I, I mean, do, do you want to do it? Yeah, yeah. We can stop doing this stupid podcast and actually make bank. It sounds awesome. Oh, okay. I mean, I, I wasn't sure if you'd be into it. I mean, it's a little bit outside of what we normally do on the podcast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how how long how long have we got to how long have we got to come up with something? So, word on the street is he's announcing this on the sixth. So we've got about a day to get it back to him. Uh, okay, right. I, I better start writing something okay so I've, I've put some stuff together do you want to kind of hear what i have and then maybe we can see what you're thinking and kind of mix the two together a little bit yeah okay are you recording this just so we got it sort of down i am i'm recording so i'm on all the podcast equipment that's why i'm at your house but ah uh, yeah okay uh, yes you're on the phone you're going to sound a little bit crackly this week for hopefully our listeners will bear with it all right so yeah. shall i jump right in you ready to sell yeah, out? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. All right, let's, let's sell out. Let's sell out. For real this time, by the sounds of it. Yeah, for actually real. <laughs> oh, this will be great. All we're right. We've got to be saving the DC universe. Let's sell out. Sequel creation initialization. It looks like they've ordered a sequel. Three. Almost ready to sell out. Two. Perpetuate the cycle of money, greed, fascism, and triviality. One. Show me the money. Sequel incoming. I didn't, I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. Know the DCEU. 
the yeah. the Man of Steel, the Aquaman, the the whatever yeah, else universe, the, the Snyder Murderverse. Yeah, it's done. It's finished. Mm. It's over. It's kaput. It's dead. We're not using any of it. All right. So that's that's our starting off point. We're also okay. gonna let. I think we'll let things like the Batman and Joker kind of continue on, but as their own separate thing. So yeah, I haven't included yeah, them I've, in my I've plan. Sort of got an idea about that actually. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay, oh. Okay. Down. Cool. Well, we'll keep that in in mind then. But yeah, for yep. my kind of my pitch to you, and then we'll decide mm-hmm. what we're gonna pitch to James at the end. So yeah. Okay. So yeah, that stuff will go on in the background. So if you're wondering why I'm not talking about uh, the Patterson or the the other Joker movie, that's why. We're just yeah. they're going to go on their own path. They're doing their own thing. They're, they're good. We don't yeah. want we don't want to mess with that stuff. Don't don't mess with it. It's not broken. I mean, we've got stuff for Batman too too. So you know, come back for that. Yes, definitely. <laughs> so I'm going to pitch to you what I'm calling the DC Cinematic Universe, just to mm-hmm. differentiate it from the the previous one. Yeah, we're going to start off with a film. That film right. is going to be Superman. So awesome. good start. Yeah, I think so. I think he's a good place to build from. So this Superman, mm-hmm. and what we're gonna, what you'll see with my movies in general, is I'm taking a little bit of a page out of the Tom Holland Spider-Man book, where we assume mm-hmm. people know origin stories for a lot of these characters, especially yeah. the ones who have had movies in the last ten years, TV shows in the last ten years, those kinds of things. So, yeah, I, I literally wrote down the same thing just now. So, um, oh, great. yeah, I think we're very much on the same page there. Yeah, so we're jumping into a pre-established universe, but a young universe. I think that's where yeah. I'd sort of set it. Yeah. So we've got this younger Superman, but he's he's still been at it for a while. He's, this isn't his first rodeo. It's sort of like, you know, prime Superman, basically. Yeah, yeah, right, yeah. That's good word. jumping into that. And he's very much just going to be that Superman that we know from the comics, a very iconic, classic version of that character. His ensemble characters, they're already all in place. So, like, you've Perry White's and Jimmy Olsen's, they're all around. Lois, Lois Lane's. Yeah, Lois is already yep. a little bit flirty with Clark Kent. So there's already the beginnings mm-hmm. of that relationship in this universe. Ah, but she doesn't know he's Superman yet. Yeah, we're, we're going to kind of leave that for a future one to sort of find out. We, okay. we might find that a bit later on. Mm. So we're going to open with Superman, and it's, it's his, basically his very busy day. So he's going through, specifically his busy morning. So this is kind of before he gets to work. He's taking down all the rogues in his gallery one by one and then just dropping them off at prison, essentially. So we're, we're seeing him very much in his prime and these guys, and kind of easily outsmarting these guys over and over. So we're going to get lots of like cool set pieces with villains that some are really recognizable some are going to be more recognizable to build from the comics so i think lex luther of course but also things like parasite metallo bizarro mm-hmm. toy man Livewire from the animated series and he's composite superman any of those not those so okay. yeah specifically probably the ones that i just mentioned and i like that like the sort of smallville strata i suppose of yeah the villainy not like the the big dark sides and stuff no his iconic kind of rogues gallery i suppose like yeah. the, those guys lex yep. luther is probably the biggest the heaviest hitter in the group yeah so, so yeah we've got luther parasite metallo bizarro toy man livewire he overcomes each one in unique ways in kind of like a fun flashy opening where he's just like cool. pinging from adventure to adventure on his way to work in the morning. Is Brian Cranston playing Lex Luthor? Because sure. I think that's something that fans want. <laughs> sure, let's lock him in. I think let's lock him yep. in right now. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I am the danger. <laughs> so we've our, our first bit of casting. I don't have a casting for Superman. Maybe that's something we can talk about at the end. Yes. So 
he's put all these guys in prison. He's going about his normal day. The crux of this movie is Lex Luthor and all of these guys that are now in prison together are all going to team up. So mm. he's going to go from be- beating all his villains one by one to beating all of his villains potentially at once. And that's going to be mm. the main draw of the movie. So he's going to be doing all his normal Superman everyday stuff in between. And then, so in a way, this is kind of like reverse Avengers, right? Like, you know, all coming together to, to take on one, you know, big good, I suppose, instead of one big bad, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And I think yeah. that's what I wanted to kind of show, that this world's already established, that these characters mm-hmm. exist. They're mostly recognisable characters, and the ones that aren't, like a, your parasite probably isn't the most recognizable character, but his powers are easy to understand. He just drains energy th- from yeah. people. Like I think, I think if movies like maybe you know Suicide Squad is a bad example, but if movies like that can come out and sort of introduce characters pretty rapid fire, I think people yeah. are happy just to roll with it. So. I think if we use James yeah. Gunn's The Suicide yeah. Squad as the example for that, I think I think you're yes. right. <laughs> yeah, and and we're going to be working with James, so that's a that's a good yeah. Kind of no, that's, ref- that's, frame that's of actually super exciting. I'm I'm kind of really keen to get. His- contact details actually i don't want to geek out too much but all right well cool. i'll just hold off for a minute we'll we'll get to yeah, yeah okay we'll okay, to- okay sorry, sorry. <laughs> yep. so superman's fighting all of these guys and even all together he's mm-hmm. able to overcome them in the end so yes. he's fighting all, all what did we say about six guys he's fighting all six yep. guys at once by the end of this by towards the end of this movie and he's winning mm-hmm. even then this superman can beat all of these guys cool but then he's surprised by another secret member of the team. It's the Joker. Oh. Oh dear. That could go bad. And that little bit of extra Joker that he's not used to battling with, he's unpredictable uh, alongside all of his other heavy-hitting villains, is enough Mm -hmm. that they kind of get the jump on Superman. It gets to the point that Superman is kind of beaten down by the group. He's on the ground, surrounded by all of these villains. They're all kind of getting ready maybe joker has his kryptonite crowbar ready oh. ready to go to town on this superman so th- th- yeah. he's very much in a spot where he's not sure how to def- defeat them what he mm. uses in the end is kind of the joker's ego and the joker's kind of unpredictability to mm-hmm. take out the rest of the team so mm. he, he kind of makes joker go rogue and then that's how he's able to come back from this fight the movie yep. will end with superman taking the joker to gotham city and mm. at that point, he will meet Batman for the first time. Yeah, this, him in Arkham or something, yeah. Yeah, this is just going to be a short mm. scene. We're only going to get a pretty pretty small taste of, of Batman in this mm-hmm. movie. Yep. But it's it's his, him and Superman meeting for the first time. They end up sort of shaking hands as he, as mm-hmm. he hands over the Joker. So that's kind mm. of my Superman beginning to our yeah. universe. Yeah, no, I, I, I quite like that, actually, because, like I say, it has that element of it. It, like like how how you come up with like things where you got all, all of the villains coming at the hero all at once, right? Like yes, you've you've got a scenario where you can introduce a lot of characters without having to do a lot of legwork. To, and we haven't seen that really ones. for Superman. Yeah. Like we haven't yeah, really no. seen Superman go up against multiple guys. And mm. one of the criticisms of of Man of Steel was that he's a bit too violent, a bit too kind of focused on his he's- powers. So I, yeah. was, I thought it was there's, there's a lot of collateral damage in Man of Steel. There like is. That's, that's that's probably like like it sort of wants to live in this space of like Transformers, where you know, oh, this looks cool, but if you stop to think about the imagery for more than thirty seconds, you know, in a post nine eleven world, it really starts to get quite 
disturbing. So, And, and I will yeah. have a specific commentary on how we address some of that Man of Steel stuff in a future film as well. But for mm. this one, I think the key thing that I wanted to take away is the way Superman defeats this team in the end is not with his powers and his strength. It's with him outsmarting the Joker, basically, and mm. and using the Joker and these villains' egos against one another. I think that's a really yeah. interesting... I think that's a more interesting kind of way to look at it for than what we've kind of seen before. So yeah. hopefully... And yeah. we're introducing Batman. You'll kind of get a feel for how I'm using Batman in this universe pretty quickly, so I'm not going to go into it too much just yet. Okay. But oh, have you got a... Have, you've got a Batman film as well, do you? Hold on. You'll find out. <laughs> okay. Oh, 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 all right. Sorry. Okay. No worries. So we've introduced our Superman now and and his rogues mm -hmm. gallery, our Batman, but only briefly with our Batman. We haven't spent much time with him. The next movie in our new DCCU is The Flash. It's ah, yeah. going to be a fun murder mystery film. Tonally think Knives Out, Glass Onion. It's... It's a bit of a murder mystery, but with a bit of a wink, a bit of fun going mm -hmm. on around that, playing on that kind of more investigator aspect that The Flash has. Mm -hmm. In this movie, we're going to have Barry Allen Flash, who's the more serious investigator. And then mm -hmm. alongside him is Wally West, Kid Flash. He's his like teen intern slash Watson, I suppose. Okay. For, for... So again, just sort of leaning into the whole, the, this universe is established. Exa so, exactly. You know, these sort of peripheral characters. Yep. I haven't really imagined how they got their powers specifically, but I think they just got their powers at the same time. Like, I think that would be the easy way to explain it. Um, you're, you're giving me a few good ideas, actually, here on how, how to set, set things up. So, yeah, I think when I get to my stuff that I'm writing, mine's going to be a lot more macro, like, yeah, awesome. large-scale stuff, not necessarily the, the individual details like what you've done. So cool. This, this could work well. So, so, yeah, so it's Barry Allen and Wally investigating a mystery. The mystery is going to feature a lot of his rogues gallery in sort of supporting roles. Mm -hmm. And he's trying to uncover who killed Heatwave. So they're trying to uncover who killed the villain Heatwave. Heatwave got a lot of play in the Flash TV show, so I don't think it's too big of a deal to kill him off kind of early on um, yeah, in our universe. So interestingly, though, alongside all of those other Flash villains, Two-Face is also going to be playing a little bit of a part in this movie. The film Batman's is rogue gallery is leaking a bit. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I think you're starting to see what I'm doing here. The film ends with Batman meeting Flash as he takes Two-Face back to Gotham City. So slowly we're getting this introduction to Batman, almost a bit like Nick Fury, if you want a MCU equivalent, where he's popping up in the background of a few uh, different yeah. so things. I can see how you're, how you're doing this. I can also imagine Batman being Batman. He's like, why do these freaks keep coming to me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we're going to get a little bit of that sort of stuff with Batman. But again, you're just going to have to hold on for a while because Batman isn't isn't going to be fully fleshed out for a little while yet. I think we've got a lot of Batman content, so I and, think people and can be patient. Exactly, and we're going to have this other Batman series running alongside it, so it's a very <laughs> specific decision to use Batman sparingly in this universe, at least early on. Yeah. So we've had Superman, we've had The Flash, our third film in the series, Teen Titans. So nice. this is going to follow the perspective of the Dick Grayson Robin. <clears throat> and uh, he's still Robin. Yeah, he's still Robin. Yep. And it's going to start with him. The opening of the film is going to be him teaming up with Green Arrow's partner, Arsenal, while mm -hmm. Batman and Green Arrow are fighting off screen. So there's okay. going to be a Batman Green Arrow mission that we don't really see. And then we might see a little hint at it later on in, in a future movie. But right now, the focus is very much on Robin and Arsenal in the background of this of this battle. Yes. 
and they're just fighting some normal thugs. Like, it's, it's a usual day out for these guys. It's not anything special. Robin, at the end of the fight, Robin sort of asks Arsenal if he'd like to work together again. And he sort of teases this idea of a team of young heroes working together. Arsenal politely tells him to go get fucked. So, <laughs> so uh, our first member of the Teen Titans does not join the Teen Titans. I can actually imagine Robin being this kind of Boy Scouty guy as well. And yeah. Arsenal just being like... Yeah, Arsenal, <laughs> Arsenal's definitely a jerk in this. And kind of like he often is a bit in the comics as well. Yeah. Robin is a bit more earnest, I suppose, in his portrayal. Mm-hmm. He's very much that early Robin that we, we know and love from the comics. So given his last meeting with Arsenal, he's quite surprised when he wakes up to an invite from Arsenal to join him at the headquarters for his new team, the Teen Titans. So from Robin's point of view, Arsenal's kind of taken his idea and set up a team <laughs> on his own. And, and so Robin's going to go and kind of be like, what, what the hell? Like, this, this is my idea, dude. <laughs> this is my idea. Uh-huh. So what happens is he arrives at the the new Teen Titans headquarters, or what he believes. Is it a giant T building? There's going to be, I think we're going to allude to the T building, but it's not going to be that yet. I think we might see that in a future film though. When he arrives, he meets Kid Flash, so Wally West, Mm -hmm. who we've already met in the previous movie. Mm -hmm. We've got Roy Harper back from the first scene as Arsenal. Mm -hmm. We've got Wonder Girl, Donna Troy, so the original version of Wonder Girl. Uh, yeah, no, there's lots of Wonder Girls, isn't there? Yeah, so Donna Troy was the kind of earlier, earliest version of the character. And I'm specifically using not the cartoon team because I feel like they're quite well known and they're their own thing. I think for this first movie, we're going to explore some slightly different characters to that team. Because I was going to, I was going to say because I remember when they relaunched the New Fifty Two, they had Red Hood, Arsenal, and Starfire as like Red Hood and the Outlaws. Yes, yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So we're not we don't have Red Hood yet. We're not that far along no. our Well, I mean Robin's still Robin, so yeah. well, Dick is still Robin, yeah. So. Yeah. So we're gonna have our Roy Harper Arsenal, Wonder Girl Donna Troy. A, mm-hmm. a newer character that I'm throwing into the team that wasn't originally kind of one of these early Teen Titans is Static Shock. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Static Shock. Probably most people know him from the nineties animated series that kind of sort of tied in with Batman a little bit back in the day. So we've got Static Shock, who's a, a younger teen, I guess, with lightning, electricity-type powers. And the other new heroes, probably new to most people, is a character called Lilith, who is a oh, yeah, psychic yeah. character. She's, in a lot of ways, kind of similar to Raven, but I thought she was a nice kind of point of difference from the other characters who are more punchy characters. <laughs> Raven would be fun to sort of have in reserve anyway because she may end up being like a villain for a, a movie yes. and actually turn good. Yeah, so, I, I, yeah I, that, would, that would probably be a good way to play that. I think we want to save the like the, the Teen Titans that probably most people are familiar from the cartoons and things. I think we want to save them for the future as kind of potentially like a franchise refresh. So I, I'm thinking right now, this is the team we're going to have. So Lilith will fill a bit of that Raven role, but she's not exactly the same. She's probably a bit more of an upbeat yep. character than Raven yep. is for sure. So they've all met. Robin's kind of like, what's going on? Like, I thought this was my thing. Arsenal doesn't know why they're there. He's like, why did you even invite me? You knew I didn't want to do this. It turns out it's a trap. Oh. So these young heroes are going to find themselves locked in the ultimate escape room, which is an abandoned area of Gotham City, by the Riddler. 
Oh, I was going to say, I was half expecting Batman's the one doing this. Oh, yeah. The Riddler like, makes sense too. That's a good idea. Yeah. I worked on who... I thought about Deathstroke. I thought, nah, too early. We want to set the team up before we, we go there. I thought the Riddler was good because I'm using a lot of Batman villains, as you've seen throughout. Yeah. And Riddler, hopefully... Riddler, the only thing with Riddler is he is all about trying to hold his, his intelligence up to who he considers to be the smartest. So unless this is some kind of like preliminary thing for Batman it, yeah I, I, I have trouble figuring out his motivations I mean Robin is Batman's partner and the this is true the I think the idea behind it is I can almost practice on these <laughs> these kids and then I can go and beat all of their um their kind of mentors later so cool yes this, that's, this, that's, this, all right that's this, good I'm happy with that I just wanted that yeah this is <laughs> yeah this is my test phase obviously yeah. some of them like Lilith and Static Shock don't necessarily have older characters but we can work out a way to draw them in as well so, so he's pre-Riddler he's Riddler yeah no I think he's the Riddler I think he's been he's up against <laughs> he's been up against Batman and stuff before okay this this is just his, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. his newest adventure all of these Batman yeah. villains are established at this point okay. pretty much so these squabbling teens will have to learn to work together to su- survive and eventually escapes the traps and mazes that the Riddlers put in as they kind of fight their way out of this abandoned area of Gotham. So he's going to have things like traps. He's going to have puzzles. He's going to have henchmen. It's going to be this thing that kind of puts them all through the grinder and almost forces them together a little bit. And I've got a little bit of an idea that I've just added to this movie as I was thinking about it based on what you said before. So we'll talk about that at the end. So, okay. so they managed to overcome the the traps and the mazes and all of those kinds of things. I I like the idea that as they progress as well, like the Riddlers actually get really surprised that they got past the first room. So he's just kind of in this building panic of like, I'm losing to kids. What the hell? What the hell? (laughs) And um, our end of the film is going to, so the film is going to end with Batman kind of congratulating Robin on defeating the Riddler without him. So he's, He's proud of the hero that Robin is becoming. And I think that's going to be a key different from some of the other Batmans that we've seen recently. This Batman is someone that kind of values Robin. He's still a darker hero, but he's not going to be the Patterson, the Affleck, even the Dark Knight Batman. He is going to be a bit more superhero-y than those versions were. So he's probably more like animated series Batman. I think so. Yeah, that's, that's kind of what I'm channeling. And... I've just thrown this as an extra thing because I thought it was a good thing that you brought up. I think that Batman hired the Riddler to put these kids through it because he thought that Robin needed friends. And so so he doesn't want Robin to go down the same path that he was going down in the past. He Maybe he was the one that hired the Riddler to kind of orchestrate this this adventure for them. Okay. So I think that's kind of a fun way because it also establishes that maybe Batman and Riddler have had past kind of run-ins and that he respects well, I, him so I do, I do like the idea of it's like and i mean this is kind of digging and piecing to story fodder but it's like the story of like job out of the bible because you basically got like god and the accuser basically go oh you know look at look how good this guy is and then the accuser's like yeah nah, you know i can i can break him and he's like yeah all right prove it and then it's like these two just putting these this guy through the through the mill Yes, and so having Batman and the and the Riddler in that sort of you know role as uh, the puppet master, so to speak, is quite has precedent. Yes, yeah, <laughs> in, in sort of classic storytelling. And I like the idea of that that new piece that we just sort of have added in as we were talking. I like that idea mm-hmm. that Batman is kind of sees that maybe Robin needs friends, 
that aren't just Batman. And so he's he's orchestrating that a little bit because yeah. I think it shows a lighter side to this version of the character, a slightly more caring side to this version of the character than what we're yeah. probably used well, to. Slightly more well-adjusted. I yeah, think, exactly. Yeah. I think he's a bit more, just a bit more developed than some of the other Batmans mm-hmm. that we've seen because mm-hmm. I think we're still going to allude to him having a darker past pre-Robin. We're just not really going to see it because we've seen it so many times before. I don't think we need yeah. it again. Well, I mean, it, it also is like when it's one of these things that past traumas and things are going to inform some of the things that that character is going to do. So exactly. you, know, you might actually see it like seep out every now and then if he's put through the, the mill. And, and yes. And yeah. I, th- I think also keeping Batman a little bit in the background for this series is going to make mm-hmm. people want to see even more of him. People might feel like, oh, I'm getting burned out on Batman, but I've never seen this Batman, and you're not giving me much. Like, you're just, you're just kind of yeah, you're just teasing me. Yeah, feeding it through, yeah. Yeah, and, and I really don't want Batman to overshadow the movies either, so I think the, that's the other key thing. They need to be fun, engaging stories on their own. And considering that Batman is basically all shadows, overshadowing is kind of his thing. Exactly, so. yeah. And we're going to give them what they want. We're just going to make them wait a little bit. So, <laughs> make them thirsty. Yeah, exactly. Our next film in the series is going to be Wonder Woman. So, And we're going to be doing something maybe similar to what we've seen with Wonder Woman before, but I think the tone and things is what's going to make this one really stand out. Wonder Woman is going to be an Indiana Jones-style adventure set in the 1930s. It's going to be narrated by Diana herself. And she's telling the story of her first coming to the world of man from Themyscira after she ran away for the first time. It's going to be a globe-hopping adventure story alongside early superhero and swashbuckling adventurer The Beetle. So we're going to get the earlier Ted Cord version of The Beetle who was a bit more of a kind of a, a Batman light, <laughs> I suppose. But he's got some Batman things in, in common. But we're going to lean into that pulp kind of mm-hmm. vibe for this one, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe thinking of things like the Rocketeer and those kinds of things. That, that kind of might inform this story a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, okay. So the Beetle and Wonder Woman are going to have to work together to stop an ancient cult, the League of Assassins, from bringing about the apocalypse. So you'd have Rachel Ghoul and We will. Sort of... And the film yep. is going to end with, with Beetle and Diana defeating Ra's al Ghul and him falling into that pit of green goo. That, we're, that might uh, the, allude the to some, yeah, to some other yeah. story in the future, and then sort of maybe, bro- maybe it's like frozen or something, so he just like he's stuck in there for like a hundred years. Or yes, something. yeah, we're gonna we're not gonna use him again right away. Yeah. So, well, in yeah, a way, a whole heap of dry ice falls in there as well. In some ways, we're gonna use him right right away. So I'll, I'll kind of yeah. explain it. So in the bookend, so after the after the story kind of finishes, in the bookend, we see that the person that Diana is narrating the story to is Batman. So she's been telling the story of her and Beatles encounter with the League of Assassins to Batman. Um, it turns out the League is now currently active in Gotham City, and Diana mm-hmm. suspects that Ra's al Ghul might have come back. It's oh. going to end on a fun note with Wonder Woman and Batman back to back about to fight a horde of assassins and it's going to be reminiscent of an earlier scene of her and the beetle back to back about to fight the assassins. Uh, I see. Cool. I was I was sorry I was almost just, I was just going to interrupt in that bit. I can just imagine Batman and Wonder Woman talking in the in the Batcave and then you see in the background in the back computer is like Raisha's sword sort yes. of stabbed into into the monitor or something yes that, um, i think that so, would totally so, work yeah mm, i think yeah, that would because work it's really like well. you, oh you think the league of assassins here 
Yeah. They're in the cave. Yeah. How they get in the cave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be really fun. And so, and we're not really going to see them battle these assassins. Again, it's a little yeah. bit of a tease to future just adventures. Like Batman jump and then it's like, no, can't. Exactly. You're not getting that. And, and because we've already <laughs> sort of seen it. We've actually kind of already seen yeah. the scene with Beetle as well. So we yeah. we don't want to just replay it, but we want to allude to the fact that, hey, this Batman is in the world and he's active and he's doing cool stuff. We're just not really seeing it yet. Yeah. So I've got two. I, I'd, I'd probably have like Beetle be like, you know, one of those, I guess, 1930s, you know, sort of, you know, put him up sort of. That's like exactly what I'm imagining. Of, yeah, like yeah. Nick Cage out of Spider-Man, Spider-Verse. Yeah. Whereas you actually see Batman has a bit of technique to him. And yeah, sure. The, the, yeah. 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 I, so, so there's parallels, but I, I think it'd be interesting. I think that maybe even in this universe, the Beetle could have been that inspiration for Batman. So you know, you know how he's got the grey ghost. Yeah, maybe yeah. the beetle is that in this in this universe for us. I think. Yeah, cool. So we go from Wonder Woman now into maybe what's a bit of a wild card entry. Although I know that James is interested in this one because he's posted some pictures of this guy recently. We're jumping straight into Lobo. So oh, okay. Lobo, the last Sarnian, is for people that don't know because he's not nearly as well known as these other characters we've been talking about. He's this kind of space bounty hunter biker guy with a bad attitude. He's kind of a jerk. Similar characters. I'm just trying to think of someone other than Jack Jack Black playing him. Yeah, in my mind, I think he's a bit too old. But he, he is now. But I mean, I guess oh, he could probably do the motion oh, capture or oh, something. I was but... imagining that. What's it, like on his name? The actor that played Hellboy in the. Oh, David Harbour. So actually, I think David Harbour oh, would Rob be... Oh, Rob Perlman. Rob Perlman was who I was originally yeah. thinking of. But I think Dave Harbour yep. could be a good modern version. So so let's... Unless we think of someone better as we're talking, let's cast Dave Harbour as as our Lobo. <laughs> and his story... doing that actually would be pretty good. Yeah, I think he'd be good fun. Because he can be funny and kind of tough. I think that's the, the key thing with this character. The story is going to be all about Lobo, the Larsanian. He's tasked with transporting a cute little alien in a green spacesuit across the galaxy by an unknown client. And basically, he's doing this for this client and everyone else in the galaxy wants this wants this alien too. So everyone... I, I hate to tell you this. Have you seen The Mandalorian? It's not going to be like The Mandalorian. So the... <laughs> I get different characters just, just yeah. putting that out there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. and I can see the similarities. I think the key thing being that Lobo doesn't like this character and <laughs> this character is going to be a point of real contention throughout the movie for him. In yep. the earliest Lobo comic I remember, he had to transport his ex-school teacher across the universe, which is kind of what inspired it. And he ended up cutting off her legs so she wouldn't run away. So that kind of gives you the idea of, of where Lobo is at versus the Mandalorian. But, but yeah, I think there are some similarities and we are going to have to make sure that we differentiate ourselves from that movie. I, I think the other way we're going to differentiate ourselves is with the wacky kind of characters of the DC space universe. So all of these yeah. other guys are trying to stop Lobo they're trying to get the get the prize, I suppose. Everyone wants the bounty, and he's the guy that has the alien. So the whole universe is coming after Lobo. So and again, you get that whole thing of being able to introduce a lot of characters without having to sort of precisely. So we've got yeah, the space nice. warlord Mongol. So this alien came from him, and he wants it back. And so he sent the galaxy's worst and most despicable, dangerous mercenaries to get it back. And we're going to pick from all the weird guys. So we might see people like we could have someone like an Atrocitus or someone like that working in this in this universe too. Mm -hmm. We're going to see the Green Lantern Corps. So the Green Lantern Corps are also in pursuit because Lobo's committing a crime <laughs> by stealing this. <laughs> and, they're, and they're going to be playing like the cops. 
and yep. it's going to be partners John Stewart and Guy Gardner. Is, is Sinestro gone Yellow Lantern yet, or is it still um, sort of before that? It's undecided. We don't. We're not going to talk about undecided. it. Undecided. Okay. <laughs> we're not going to bring that up. We're not going to talk about Sinestro. <laughs> okay. No, not really very relevant for the story. And I think no, that's fair. I Sorry. think leaving Sorry. it leaving it open gives us options for the future. Yep. But so, and we're not using How Jordan. So we're going to have John Stewart and Guy Gardner taking the okay. lead on this case. John Stewart kind of being the straight kind of guy and Guy Gardner being the more bad cop, crazy cop. Thinking you're going to have lethal weapon in space. It's lethal actually, weapon in space. Really cool. Yeah, it's lethal weapon in space. Um, <laughs> at, at, with this crazy biker guy and all of these mean aliens. And it's going to be this 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 madcap fun adventure. I think it's probably, if we're comparing it to any movies that exist, Guardian of of the galaxy is probably a good analog for this one i like it like you know let's see if we can appeal to james through stuff he's already done exactly yep and yeah. and he clearly likes the character of lobo so i think he might be on on the same page for this one yeah he's definitely got that same sort of sensibility that you have i think for the, the wacky characters so, and yeah. I, I think that's what's going to also take us away from hopefully some mandalorian comparisons yeah and we're going to have lots of fun cameos from characters like adam strange we're going to have space cabby in there who's like an inter- interstellar taxi driver i think we might even see a young starfire so alluding to the fact oh, yes. that maybe even young starfire or we or we could use blackfire as yeah, i was gonna say like blackfire would probably be a good yeah maybe good we use blackfire as one of those mercenary characters because she's yeah. kind of cut off from the from the throne at that point <laughs> so yeah black well, let's throw in blackfire Scratch Starfire, we'll save her for later. Blackfire. Yeah. He's just leaving this trail of destruction through the universe and he's eventually successful in delivering the alien. So that's he gets his pay. He's all he's happy. Yeah. He eventually overcomes all of these odds with only just but he but he manages to do it but he also does it in style and makes it funny as well yeah and and fun i think deadpool is probably the other comparison i was was gonna say like deadpool's probably the lobo of i I think that that might be a film this might be a film that appeals to people like that too so we've got our we finally get him delivering it and this is where the reveal is going to be of who he was delivering this alien to we end the movie with an ai known as brainiac processing its final mission destroying the last remaining son of Krypton. We see that the target is Earth. Cool. And that and takes you've us... got your Justice League team up for... Well, we don't have Justice League, actually. We have something else. So I'm just calling it DC Presents because I don't want to give away what's going to happen in this movie. Yep. But but you'll get a feel for it pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so... Well, we... I mean, as long as as long as long we're only pitching this to James, not like to the entire world. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work it. Yeah. We'll make sure he, he's... We might have to redact some of this once we hand it over to James before we release it in podcast form. Okay. Yeah, so we are going to start the movie with Superman and he's talking with Lois about the other superheroes. It appears to sort of be an interview. He's talking to her about how most of the superheroes are friendly with one another but most of them keep to themselves and their kind of own patch. They've all got their own territories and and they look after them. Occasionally, though, they do team up. And in this point, he's going to talk about some sort of famous team-ups and we're going to get just a quick montage of some of those. So we might see things like that Wonder Woman and Batman versus League of Assassins. We might get a little bit more of a taste of that. Maybe oh, yeah. even that Green Arrow with Batman thing. I was just thinking you could also like allude to other stories that haven't been told yet. Like you have Hush where Batman and Catwoman come to Metropolis. Sure. 
Um, yeah, yeah, stuff I, like that. We definitely can. And we're going to have a few of these these throughout. So another one that I have in my list is Superman racing the Flash for charity. So that would oh, be yeah. another one of these kind of team-ups. So they're not all going to be team-ups against villains either. There might be some yeah. other like fun events where they've met each other or, or, or things yeah. like that. To get this idea yeah. that they do know each other, they're friendly with one another, they go on a, the odd adventure together, but really, they're still standalone heroes. There's no, there's no watchtower yet, is there's there? There's no, no watchtower. Yeah. And, uh, and I think this next piece of conversation will kind of give you a good feel of the status quo. So we're going to start with Lois. Have you ever thought about forming a team? I think that's more of a Teen Titans thing, Lois. There's a lot of strong personalities. It ends with Lois sending the interview off to the Daily Planet. Okay, I'm turning off my phone. You got your earplugs, Smallville? Yep, working exactly as Star Lab said. I can't hear anything outside these four walls. I'm all yours for the weekend. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Let's eat frozen pizza and watch Love Island. You're going to love it. So we're taking Superman <laughs> out of the picture. And the world goes to poo when Superman takes... <laughs> he's having his weekend off and everything's going to kick off in that time. It oh, takes gosh. Superman out of play because we've seen Superman be an absolute beast in that first movie. And so... Yes. We want to hold off on that. I'm not going to say we're not going to see any Superman at all. So don't yeah. don't get too worried. But we want to give these other heroes a chance to shine. I think and that's this he, is my way of doing it. He is just by definition overpowered. So yeah, yeah. it's it's very tricky to. And it's setting yeah. up the relationship with Lois. We know they actually have a relationship now as yeah. of as, no, as of this movie. And I think that's something maybe that we were alluding to in Superman, but now mm-hmm. it's it's developed since we saw that, yeah. that Superman film. Because that was maybe a couple of years ago at this point, by the time we get to this movie. So meanwhile, Batman and Robin are investigating a crash site on the coast near the Titan's Tower. So Titan's Tower exists now on the coast. They find a crash okay. pod from space. And are shocked to see a small creature in a green suit. It's the alien from Lobo. Okay. At first, it seems friendly, but suddenly starts to violently transform. Its muscles growing. It knocks Batman clean across the crater from where it landed, even at still a relatively small size. It's still pretty little, but it knocks it knocks Batman for, for six. Yep. At this stage, we see Robin is in for the fight of his life. He's throwing every single gadget he has at it. Just as he is becoming overwhelmed, so he's putting up a good fight. We want, I want to show this Robin is super capable as well. Yep. So yep. just as he is becoming overwhelmed, though, Batman slams into the creature with the Batmobile, knocking it flying. One of my kind of complaints about, say, Batman versus Superman and things like that is we're setting up all these heroes and then a lot of that action to me felt a bit underwhelming. It was fighting random guys or fighting in a in a bathroom it went like i want to see this batman like use all of his smarts all of his gadgets everything he has so he's just he's just i think my main i think my main complaint about the batman v superman batman was batman killing people yeah so our batman's not going to be doing that but yeah. he, but he is gonna he's he's confident enough that this this creature can take a hit from the batmobile it knocks it flying he kind of bursts out in his big kind of flappy glidey way that he does so well out of it like the video game yep his cowl is cracked from the creature's punch he Mm -hmm. kind of rubs some blood out from his nose ready for round two so Mm -hmm. finally we're going to get to see this batman fight what follows is an epic battle as batman and robin try to stop the creature this is the i'm just trying to place this creature i'm i can't remember any sort of hulk Okay. Well, then you just have to hold on and see. Yeah. So okay. they're, they're fighting this little this little muscly dude. So what follows is an epic battle as Batman and Robin try to stop the creature. 
This is the first time we see Batman really fight in this universe, so it needs to be amazing. Batman and Robin throw everything that they have at this guy. We can see that they easily outclass it as fighters, and after a hard-fought battle, they knock it out. They, they're now kind of spent. They're kind of like finally able to kind of relax a little bit, and they share a joke about how this world just keeps getting weirder and weirder. Mm. Suddenly, the creature is back on its feet. It's transforming, growing. It defeats them. They're worn out by now and it just takes them out. The last thing we see is Robin losing consciousness as he calls the Teen Titans for help. So what we're going to see in this movie is this creature heading from where it landed on the coast across country to Metropolis. So the film will follow all of the established superheroes of the DC Universe and some new ones attempting to protect anyone that gets in the way of this creature and Mm -hmm. also trying to stop it. However, like where the hell Superman? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) However, each time it goes down, it evolves again to be bigger, stronger and sharper. So this is doomsday then. (laughs) It might be doomsday. So doomsday started out in a bit of a green suit in the comics and eventually busts Mm -hmm. out of it. We're going to allude to that. We're starting him even smaller than he was in the comics. Because I want it I was to be. Say, a... I don't. I don't actually recall the early, early Doomsday. Yeah, so, so I want it to be a bit yeah. of a surprise when it bursts yeah. out to be Doomsday eventually. Like he's not yeah. starting as a fully fledged Doomsday. He's going to evolve, and that is part of the comics as well. So yeah, okay, you're you're actually yeah, you know more about it than me at this point. Yeah, <laughs> I seem to be a bit a blind spot. I've, I'm definitely all over the Death of Return of Superman. It's a story that I really yep. like, and it's part of another reason why I didn't really like Batman versus Superman very much. So as we yeah, s- we're, we're seeing all these teams fight it basically, and that's going to be the course of this movie. It's going to be this thing's going from here, and we just need to stop it. And who, mm-hmm. who who's going to be the one that stops it? It's going to be a lot mm-hmm. of fan service in this movie. We're going to have some other stories, obviously, in there, but really, this is our big team up. I do like the idea that they do actually finish it off, and then Superman's like, "Oh, hey guys, what did I miss?" <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see how that goes a bit later. So first, we've yep. got the Titans, and they're fighting it. They're eventually defeated. So that's where they call in their mentors who come in mm-hmm. as sort of the next wave, as this thing just keeps mm-hmm. moving, and no one can stop it. We're going to get to see how The Flash deals with something like this. The, mm-hmm. the Flash is, in his movie, mostly for guys with ice guns and stuff. So this is a very different thing that we're seeing him deal with. Yeah. And it's he going to be a lot of... pushes people and runs away. Exactly. We're going to see a lot of fun, different uses, hopefully, of these characters' powers. Not just the same stuff we've seen in movies over and over. We're going to mm. see how Wonder Woman deals with this fight. We're going to see how the Green Arrow deals with this fight when he ends up fighting mm. it one-on-one by himself at one point. So mm-hmm. it's going to be... Really cool to see how all of these different heroes take this on. Mm. We're even going to see those Green Lanterns from Lobo. So they're going to come in. I think it'd be quite interesting to see also how this thing adapts to all the different attacks. Yes. Because obviously he can't, he he must get super speed after dealing with the Flash because he'd have to adapt to to that. Yeah. Um, So he's getting, he's getting stronger. He's getting more powerful. He's maybe like say getting more abilities. Mm. And we're also like say, we're going to see the Green Lantern arrive on earth so this is going to be the first appearance of the green lanterns on our mm-hmm. earth universe yep, yep. no lobo but green lantern are going to be our yep. tie back to that movie alongside obviously this creature <laughs> we're even going to see some villains join the fight so notably we're going to see flash's rogues go up against him 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think we're going to see Lex Luthor in full battle armor going up against it as well. So cool. I want to so show... you're going to have the Suicide Squad sort of thrown at it and Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if we'll use the Suicide Squad. I think we saved them for, for a future event. No, but... well, I'm just saying you send a Suicide yes, Squad. Yes, yeah. Right? Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, it's like all these guys that Waller just throws at them and it's like, yeah. oh, they're all dead. I think... Oh, well, I... they didn't work. No, for me, <laughs> for me, these rogues are doing it because it's the right thing to do. So the key, oh, okay. the key thing with the Flash's rogues that really sets them apart, and if you haven't read a lot of Flash comics, probably aren't as aware of this, apart from one specific incident that they do later, for the most part, they're out for fun and adventure and crime and madcap stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And so they don't want to see the world get destroyed either. So they're, no. they're going to work together here. And Lex is the same. Lex hates Superman in our universe, but Lex mm-hmm. also doesn't hate the Earth. So he wants to prove that he's the one that can take down this creature yeah he wants to he wants to be top of the pile of earth exactly (laughs) and so we're going to see all of these different heroes maybe we throw in something fun like a plastic man or someone that we haven't even seen yet just as a (laughs) as a kind of bit of an interesting battle against him like dead man or something as well yeah or or black um, canary lots uh, of cool uh, stuff john constantine yes yeah i think and not all of them are going to get fully fleshed out battles but Mm -hmm. i think we see that all of these guys are are going up against it. Eventually, our creature arrives in Metropolis. Every hero still able to fight turns up to stop it. So this is going to be our Civil War airport scene, our endgame sequence. Yep. Every hero that is still standing turns up in Metropolis. Mm-hmm. Has Metropolis been ev- evacuated? We will find out in a second. Okay. So Robin is flying the Batwing. So I want to make sure we're using all of the capabilities of these characters. Um, mm-hmm. Batman's there in his big battle armor, walking tank, Hellbat equipment. This is a step up yep, from yep. what we've seen in previous movies too. This is like Mech Batman, but <laughs> Tony Stark Batman. Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> but no, it's no good. No one can stop this thing. It's just tearing through them at this point. Um, Clark is alerted to what is finally going on when a car comes through the wall of Lois's apartment. So finally he can hear it, but it's... So he is shocked to look out the window. They're sitting there eating frozen pizza, watching Love Island, and look out look out this new hole in his in his wall to see just the destruction that is going on outside outside of the, <laughs> the building. Because they've, oh. watched, they've turned all their phones off, they've not been watching the news, they're totally disconnected. I, I love the whole, like, it's that scene in The Incredibles. It's like... <laughs> I'm your wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So at this point, Clark knows what's going on. I guess our staycation is over, Lois. Get to safety. I'm going to help. At this point, Superman lands next to the few remaining heroes. What mm-hmm. took you so long? We could really use some help. I need you all to work on evacuating the area. From the looks of things, I'm not going to be able to pull my punches. So Superman is sending out the remaining heroes to make sure that the people of Metropolis are safe. And Superman is going to take on this thing. Mano y mano. This is Arnold Schwarzenegger versus the Predator. This is our yep. big our big yep. fight for this movie. Yep. Superman fights the creature now in its final form as the other heroes get people to safety, evacuating them from the rapidly growing ground zero where Superman and the creature battle. Superman is fighting harder than he's ever been pushed before but still takes time to get people out of the way and stop a building collapsing. Maybe like, yeah, a very like specific... stuff from yeah, destroying. <laughs> very specifically a scene that I think was missing from Man of Steel. Yes. And we're going to see how it plays out for him too. So at one point he's holding this building up. He's the only thing stopping it collapsing. The creature 
now focused exclusively on Superman, is just beating the absolute hell out of him. But he's standing firm, holding up this building, while the other heroes evacuate it. So you've got Flash zooming in there, you've got Robin in the Batwing, you've got all of yep. these people rescuing the people that are inside this building that is about to collapse, and Superman mm-hmm. just standing there and taking a beating from this beast. Pretty good imagery, actually. I think it's a bit yeah. more interesting, right, than just throwing people through buildings for no reason. Yes. Um, yeah. So finally, Superman gets the all clear from Flash that the building is empty. Superman hits the creature with the entire building. So, yeah. (laughs) So, we're not shying away from large scale action and destruction, but we're just going to make sure that the superheroes are. Make sure it's empty first. Yeah, let's make sure that the heroes are being heroic while they're doing it. Yes. I'm not. I want to make it really clear that this Superman is going to fight, but he's also going to help. And I think that's something we've missed with this last version of Superman. Yeah, give me another idea to write. So, so they're fighting. they continue to fight. The hits are now creating these like big shock waves that are smashing windows and causing la- larger scale destruction. But again, the heroes are trying their best to get everyone out. We're seeing other heroes getting people to safety. So Superman, as he sees these people getting to safety, is holding back less and less. Each person that he sees get to safety is an excuse to throw a slightly harder punch. Like a punch that sort of makes craters. Of, yes. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dragon Ball Z. Those kinds of things are kind of some yeah. of the imagery we might think of here. Finally, Superman gives it everything he has. Superman knocks out the creature. This mm. time, it does not get back up. And he's kind of, he's still alive though. I think that's a really key thing. Mm. To He's only managed yeah. to knock out this creature. At this point, we see Star Lab's containment team come in to take Doomsday away. Mm-hmm. Lois finally manages to get close enough to the to the action, maybe with some help from one of those other heroes, and to see and runs over to Superman. This is the person that she loves, and he's just been he mm-hmm. he's standing there, tat, tattered suit, all that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Lois, I'm sorry I ruined our staycation. It might just have been the best weekend I ever had. There'll be plenty more, Smallville. Lois, I don't think so. Superman oh. collapses. He didn't make it. Oh, he gave every sucks. he gave everything he ga- had to to save oh. this world. The film ends with Superman's funeral parade. Batman, Wonder Woman, Green Arrow, and the Flash carry his coffin. Other heroes also attend alongside the public. Many of them sport obvious injuries, alluding back to like how the serious mm. toll it took on all of these heroes. Superman is put to rest No one except Lois and the Kents Realising that it was Clark So they have their kind of Mm. private memorial Elsewhere After the funeral, heroes are at a memorial Kind of dinner thing Put on by Bruce Wayne Mm -hmm. They're sort of all there I think it would be a kind of funny imagery As well as kind of a bit a bit powerful all these guys in superheroes with arms in slings and black eyes and stuff yeah sitting I was just around imagining it. like bruce in a neck brace kind exactly of thing. Just, yeah you know, like not being able to turn his head just, yeah, uh, yeah that would be a good throwback joke i like it, it it's in <laughs> yeah. and, and they're all sitting around kind of eating sandwiches and, and making small yeah. talk so this is it's it's super awkward these guys haven't really spent a lot of time together before and a lot of them are kind of socially awkward <laughs> exactly anyway, and so, and so yeah. we're gonna play on that i think and make that a bit of a point of 
difference from like the Avengers, like the Avengers fight, but mm. they largely are a family kind of from the get go. And I, I mm. want these guys to just feel a bit more awkward. Like this isn't their comfort zone being, being yeah. friendly. They, they're good they're at punching people. Players. Yeah. So we see Batman and Wonder Woman take the stage. Batman wearing that famous neck brace that doesn't allow him to turn his head. Superman's sacrifice showed us we need to do better. We will continue to face threats bigger than any one of us. Next time, we won't have Superman to bail us out. Batman and I suggest we work together, pool resources, form a league. So next time someone turns up on our doorstep, we can fight back as a united front. So raise a glass to Superman. Going forward, we stand together for justice. So that's also our beginning of the Justice League. And I think some nice. of that mirrors what we probably saw in the last universe, but hopefully I'm, I'm hoping in a far more satisfying way. You actually <laughs> made me feel a lot sadder for Superman dying than what Man of Steel I hope or, so. or what, what the other one ever did. So. Yeah, I, I yeah. hope so. And we're not going to then see in an end credit scene Superman getting up out of a coffin or anything. Like, it, yeah. we're, we're going to let this sit, right? Superman is yeah, dead. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have your phase two of, like, Superman. Yeah, so Superman... I, I find it interesting how you managed to sort of nerf him for, for that long. I, I also like the idea that Superman would be comfortable doing that, knowing that there's actually more heroes out in the wild. Yeah, so exactly. It, it, so he, he, he can actually responsibly go and say, you know what, I'm going to take a day for me. Yes. And not not necessarily feel bad about it and they've never fought something on this scale before yeah, no. so like it's it just it's like he chose the worst weekend ever to do it and oh you know it's like just how it goes <laughs> and i think that was really key to me putting that interview at the start about how he knows there are other superheroes out in the world because i think that is exactly right he's setting up he's not irresponsible he knows there are other heroes that can help. He's not the he only... He just needs to take a day, yeah. Yeah, and he needs to spend some time with the, with the woman that he loves. And I think <clears> hopefully that's something we can relate to. And I think that's more than we ever saw with Lois's relationship in these more recent movies. I want her to be... I want their relationship to be nice and us to actually yeah. feel bad when something happens to it. Yeah, I don't know what it was. Like, there was, there was maybe, like... I think there's, like, one scene, actually, out of, like, the, the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League that did actually make me had some feels and i think like joss whedon's version did it as well like they meet up there in the cornfield or something and you know it's and it's just like you know his mum comes out and she's like oh you're alive and yeah you know, that actually made me and feel then it, and then he went and made it just be martian manhunter and fucked it up so like, what like, a stupid why? decision <laughs> oh no 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 like this is when actually i, I know what you mean but i yeah but, but yeah lo- it's like it, yeah. It, it yeah it's a totally unnecessary thing and i no, no I offense want... to Snyder, but I think he just adds stuff because he thinks it yeah. will look cool, but and he doesn't I... actually think of the wider ramifications. I think so. And I mean, I'm maybe you could say that I'm guilty of just including characters that are fun to include, but hopefully I'm including them in a way that at least makes sense. And if they're characters yeah. that we are going to want to use, we're going yeah. we're gonna to be responsible with how we dole them out. We're not just going to put them yeah. in a dumb scene that makes no sense so well, i think my notes are sort of more or less complete as well now if, if no worries were, i might just quickly were... share with you my phase two and and three really oh, quickly sure, sure. they're sorry. very short yep. they're, they're very brief no no no, no um, that's okay sorry yeah so we've we're gonna have we're gonna let that superman sit so i think mm-hmm. if we imagine that that first series of of films took three or four years to all come out we're gonna see about that much time 
before we see Superman again, really, as yep. well. So I want to I want to let it sit. Superman will be coming back, but we're not teasing it at the end of that movie, and mm-hmm. it is going to have real ramifications on this on this universe. So the first movie Definitely. of of Phase Two is Justice League. So and that's going to be Justice League versus Legion of Doom. So we're going to have them them working together now without Superman. But this is the first time we see them as a real team. In the yeah. in the last movie, it was a team up movie to an extent. But this is they're a team now, a, a new team, an early team, but they're a team. I think this phase we might get a Green Lantern film. So they might get their own film in this phase. I think hopefully if we've done the right thing and had our space lethal weapon characters that people are actually interested in seeing Green Lantern again by the end of phase one. And so we'll do something with the Green Lantern. I don't know what. Someone that knows more about Green Lantern can decide. We're going to get a new Teen Titans somewhere along here. So we're going to see that Nightwing maybe alongside a younger team that might resemble that cartoon team a little bit closer that we all know and love. We'll get some sequels to popular Phase One films, so we'll look at our our. Um, if we got Nightwing, does that mean we might have Red, uh, not Red Hood, but we'd have Jason Todd team? Yeah, up Batman yeah, I think that's I think that's on the I think it's on the table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, again, I'm not I'm not in a big rush, but I think I think that's going to happen <laughs> at some point. Yeah. That's going to happen. Oh, I'm not I'm yeah. not thinking in terms of rushing things. I'm just thinking of as yes. things sort yeah. of roll. Yeah. You yeah. need to yeah. yeah maybe Barbara Gordon. Like there's there's a few other characters yeah. that we could introduce in that space. There should be a Batgirl movie, shouldn't there? Yeah. Somewhere. Well, we could we can definitely let's throw a back girl into phase two we might see some sequels to our popular movies too so if flash did really well for example or lobo did really well we'll throw in some sequels i imagine lobo would probably have done really well so it's probably a good idea to i hope so for that yeah <laughs> yeah so we're gonna have sequels to some of those movies that make sense we're not gonna have a batman movie in phase two but he will cameo in other films like mm-hmm. justice league think about how the mcu uses the hulk where he pops yep. up in different things. I think that's how we're going to use Batman in our universe. Okay. Not to say we'll never get a Batman standalone movie in this universe. I think we probably will. We're just not rushing to get there. And we want to give Matt Reeves plenty of time to finish off his standalone Batman stuff before we do anything in that space. Throughout Phase 2, we are going to see some small Easter eggs teasing new Superman appearing. and But it will be very clear that these aren't the Superman that died so this this is going to be like your cyborg superman your steel yeah, yeah super boy people kind of picking up we're going to bring shaquille o'neal back to, <laughs> to play steel i think we can let him caveat i think we might pick someone <laughs> a bit more modern for that character but yep. maybe maybe someone i like Shaq, and if Shaq's listening hello i appreciate you taking the time to listen to the podcast but maybe someone who's a bit more of an actor to, to take on that role but we're going to see that people are picking up after oh, superman yeah. maybe we even have that lex luther version of superman that we've seen a bit in the comics but oh, yeah. we're not having superman yet at the end of the phase it's going to sort of culminate with a reign of the superman movie much mm-hmm. like the comics did and eventually this will lead to superman returning right at the end of that movie. So we're getting Superman back, but again, I'm making your wait on it. Just just mothballed him for a a good old uh, phase. Phase three, maybe we'll finally get that elusive standalone Batman movie. But the main (laughs) thing phase three is building up to is a little film called Injustice, Uh, where the Justice League will take on an older, darker version of the Justice League. That's right. It's Justice League versus Snyderverse. We're going to bring back the Snyderverse in Phase 3 as our villains for our new and happier-go-lucky Justice League. Oh, <laughs> wow. That, that's that's a complicated range of feelings. Dude, <laughs> I had some wow. fun with that one. So, James, that is my proposal for how we fix the DC Cinematic Universe. 
Yes. Okay. Cool. You've given me a, a fair bit to, to build on. So I, I've I've sort of written a bit of stuff now around around that. Yep. So I'm gonna I'm gonna adapt it a little bit because I'm I've, I've written it really quickly. And so while mine doesn't necessarily say it's going to be this movie, it's going to be that movie in in succession. I've written a sort of general plan for how how to roll the franchise forward. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So, so my idea is is a bit more on the meta sense yeah. to to actually manage the the whole franchise moving forward. Okay. So it's not necessarily going from this movie to this movie to this movie. It's it's kind of a meta view of over overall because this is the this is kind of space that James is going to have to exist in now. Yes. So, you know, he's, and he's called us for help. So you know, I'm just really happy and chuffed to to be able to. We're going to be his boy things. wonders. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, I guess. All right. Yeah. Why do you make it James Gunn? Little, James Gunn's little boy wonders, Brendan and Nick. Okay. We can. We can. We can. We, we, look, if he's if he's paying, he can call us whatever he likes. I don't care. We um, haven't discussed money, but I'm sure it's fine. Okay. okay. Yeah. Well. Okay. Well. Yeah. Obviously, you know, he's calling us to. Anyway, moving on. So, basically, the the DC sort of movie and and TV content and everything will be moved into two kind under two kind of banners under two banners there will be dc prime yep. which will be the sort of main continuity all interconnected movies and stuff i'm only using the word prime because i can't think of anything better right now and i know amazon actually owns the word prime now so you know we might D- have to come up with something yeah, different DC, for that dc plus <laughs> dc plus <laughs> i think disney owns plus <laughs> Minus and t- and multiply doesn't really yeah. anyway whatever. Um, DC so, divided because so, you're dividing it into two. <laughs> but well, yes, DC divided. Well, the the this main this main universe. I don't know if you call it like Earth One or or whatever. That that's going to be where the interconnected universe is going to be. Okay, great. And Elseworlds is going to be the the silo that basically looks after you know your standalone joker yeah the batman and retroactively everything else that dc has ever made from like the 1940s batman serials through to like the animated series is now under this banner so like batman and robin's in there you know the 1970s superman movie everything is existing in elseworlds cool i like it in the same yeah and in the same way as how like Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man shows up in No No Way Home, um, there is really nothing stopping us from having some of these characters from some of these other franchises or in some of these other sort of versions of of the franchise, maybe popping over to you know with the main universe. Maybe injustice um, only... in Phase Three. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the only the only caveat I have with that. Is that it, unless unless doing so would compromise the integrity of the original? Yeah. So, for example, like you have the Dark Knight, that universe would not work with jumping jumping realities, basically because it would break the laws established in that franchise of its hyper realism, right? I, th- I think so, that there's going to be some fierce debates with with us and James about what constitutes <laughs> untouchable, but I like the idea. <laughs> I, I only like I'm just saying from the point of view of like there's a certain like rules that are unspoken, but they're they're sort of very plain in the in the Dark Knight universe. That one, for example, is is very like grounded in reality. Like that was yeah. the mantra that 
that Christopher Nolan had the whole time. So I, I think what I you're think... saying is James can do what he wants, but just don't touch Nick's favorite Batman movies. No, no, it's, it's, <laughs> James can James can do what he wants, but my my perspective yeah. is that if it if it taints the original, then don't. Yeah, okay. I think <laughs> that's probably fair. the way. To I do. think that's it, and yeah. I think he'd be on the same page with that too. Yeah, I I, I think he would. I mean, yeah. he's asking our opinion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So DC Prime. The main universe of interconnected movies and TV will take place in. This is a big tent where all the DC characters exist. Yep. And stories that take place will paint an overall picture of continuity with each other rather than... So th- this this is my thinking of it, where where you're sort of got your sequence of movies of like, you know, going through the different phases and things. Yes. Rather, what what I would like to, to make sure is that there is an there is already a continuity set up within this universe yeah. and we are only just seeing it in like windows yes. rather than each film having to be the thing that makes the universe bigger. Yeah. It's more about a window into an already massive universe. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. And I think, yeah. I think that's in some ways similar to mine, but then <clears throat> also slightly different. And so mine all had at least one thing that kind of pushed the biggest story forward. And you're saying yes. there's not necessarily oh, biggest, I'm, I'm, like, I'm not saying I'm not saying don't do that, but I'm yeah. also saying like think of it from both angles. Yes. I think, yes. I think the problem that, that Marvel is actually experiencing now, and this is actually the benefit of coming to the party late, yeah. is they they are sort of getting to the point now where their the universe is is hitting critical mass yeah. and now characters are just getting dropped in without a, a first act to explain how they got powers and what yeah. their powers and, are. And I and guess also sort of the other thing is that that I think your way would avoid is the way that Marvel built on itself over time is there's an expectation that everything pushes something forward. And so I think that's maybe one of the criticisms people have of Phase 4, whether or not they know that this is the criticism they have, is that there's not necessarily an obvious Thanos or something in the background that we're building towards, which to me is fine because these are standalone stories too. But I think if we make that really clear early on in your universe, I think that's a way to kind of... Not every movie is going to push the next big thing forward. These are going to be standalone stories. And I think that's a really cool point of difference. Yeah. Oh, I, and like I say, there's there's no reason why a sequence of films wouldn't actually be pushing a, a larger arc. Yes. But the point is that in this particular version of the universe, it's sort of like all the things, like you, you have to really come at it from like a Dr. Manhattan standpoint. Everything has already happened and it's all happening at once. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it's just the moment that you choose to, to look to in look and at see. To look at today. Yeah. To, and see what's, see what's going on in it. So there's, there's like obviously a, a, a pretty broad palette there but that just allows you to have their their there's a justice league there's a justice society in in like the world war ii era yeah there's obviously the origin story of superman in there somewhere even if we're not going to see it straight away yeah same with batman same with wonder woman yeah and and flash like it it's all there it's just we choose when we actually see it but yeah as long as the broad strokes of the timeline is is understood in that sort of context. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you could have an animated series or something later on that showed their the origins of all the heroes or something like. There's yes. different ways you could yes. do it. It doesn't have to be a big part of a movie somewhere. It could be done in Definitely. lots of ways. And yeah. I, 
Definitely, and I am and I am definitely coming to that. the The whole point of having it set up in this kind of model is that filmmakers and showrunners can come to this universe and explore different time periods, be them of you know different points in a character's life. Yeah. So you could go all the way from like Batman Year One through to, I suppose, a version of The Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. So all of all of that is is open to filmmakers to come in and tell their story as long as it's within when it's under that version of the brand yeah. as long as it is contiguous with and and internally consistent so and like i say you could go back to world war 2 and have wonder woman and you know trying to think of some of the justice society members like the first green lantern who literally had like yeah. you know he wasn't actually part of the green lantern corps or anything but he has he has a weakness to wood famously he has a weakness to wood to <laughs> wood yeah which yep. is just a really weird euphemism when you think about it. anyway <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway yeah so that that would have that sort of internal continuity so before you mentioned the the fact that you wouldn't have batman show up until like your phase three or, or four in his own sort of standalone movie i just written down that the the first few movies of the trinity would be wonder woman superman and batman and it would establish the status quo of the universe. Okay. So they're, they're established and in their personas and roles, their origin stories are alluded to, but not necessarily shown. Again, you have that separation of the three. They're not necessarily working together. Yeah. But that was before your, frankly, better plan. So we'll we'll just okay. go with that. <laughs> cool. I just the... think we've seen so much Batman. And, and also, if we're having Matt Reeves with his Elseworld Batman, so I think we'll label it Elseworld now. So if we label mm-hmm. his as Elseworld Batman... I think we want to make sure that it's real clear that they're different, right? And and we don't want to oversaturate Batman too much because he, he's yeah. arguably already maybe getting there. <laughs> my my thinking my thinking with the the Batman movie wouldn't necessarily be just Batman though; it'd be Batman yeah. family. Perfect. And by that I mean the. It's weird because the Lego Batman movie touches on this better than most actual Batman movies. Yeah, the whole underlying theme of Batman is you know, family, yeah. same as Fast and the Furious. Well, and if you wanted to do a Bat <laughs> Family movie, maybe you could make it from Robin or Barbara Gordon or someone's point of view. So Batman's a mm. character within the movie, but he's not the lead. That yeah. might be a way to kind of have both, <laughs> if you, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And that might also help Batman, I think, because I think the other thing that I was trying to do with my version of Batman is make him a bit mysterious. So make mm-hmm. his background a little bit more mysterious, even though we've seen so many Batmans, we don't know a lot mm. about this Batman's history. We don't know if it matches yeah, up. Yeah. I mean, all this the guy's showing up like Dracula and stuff. Mm. It's not that, you know, and it's more intimidating when he busts out, disappears and people don't really know who he was. I like, I, I think <laughs> that's a cool aspect mm. that maybe we could bring back with our version of Batman. Mm. Yeah. My, my, Second thought, though, with the movies coming out would be to back them up with short-form TV shows. Okay. So similar to how the BBC operates with dropping two or three episodes of Sherlock, and there's never really this feeling that there may be more, but they might also not be. Yeah, and it could be two Uh, years in between, three years in between, and then two months in between. So it's not like formulated tv that has to have this many episodes and run this regularly yeah or you know whatever it is just short form tv and not necessarily tentpole movie worthy but definitely yeah. coloring in the the between a mi- the a mini series a, a special yeah those kinds of things that's, yeah that's the that's the way to do it. 
but have a regular drip feed of these sort of specials coming through. So I think that's really cool. With, yeah, and I, I think that my, maybe my, we're seeing that with our um, we'll be seeing that with our competition over at Marvel a bit too. We've already got Guardians and Werewolf by Night. It seems like maybe that's a formula that they're looking at, and I mean. It's a good formula. Like maybe we we that, lean into it yeah, even more. I, I, and this is it. I think they've figured it out. That it's the same with the comic books. They had all all of this internal continuity for decades now. Yeah, it's not that unintelligent to say, okay, some of these are going to be printed on cheap paper, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so. Not everything is of. And this is not to say we're going to have bad films in our DC universe. We, we need to make it really clear we're not. These are all going to be amazing. But that yes. there, there are different levels and different budget levels and you could you can do a Black Canary and, special. And, and or different a, audience taste and things. You're not going to get everyone wanting the same thing over and over again. Exactly. I mean, I, I really enjoyed Daredevil and Jessica Jones when they yeah. were on Netflix. Yeah, so, something different, um, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yep. it felt contiguous with the new universe, but it all—it was also its own thing in, yeah. in a distinct sense. So I think but, that's really cool. Yeah. So that that was that was my thing. I did actually have a good idea for how some how, how this first sort of mini series could could come out. I'm just going to insert a, a trigger warning here. I'm going to talk about characters attempting suicide, which you know, if that messes with you, please please stop listening. Yep. And, um, and if so, you need to talk to someone. Indeed, yes, and you are you are loved, and you need to seek help because there, there is a lot of help out there. There's there's one story of Superman that I read, and it's almost just it it's almost only on one page, and he's he's basically stopping someone from jumping off a building. Okay, and and I thought it would be interesting to as a short as a as a short episode explore this through the eyes of the person being saved, not not through Superman's perspective. Yeah, and how this event in their life it's they were able to use this experience and they actually become a counselor in Mm. in helping others who have fallen into this same sort of dark place to the point where they're eventually interviewed by lois lane and they actually recognize clark kent when he brings in the coffee yeah because they are the only person who can sort of see like see him yes (laughs) yeah cool if that makes sense because they've got that kind of that connection so So they they quietly thank him without giving up his identity after the after the fact and he's sort of a bit surprised but like yeah good, I I, to... I really like it and I think it, I mean it is a very special episode of Superman like it is that kind of slightly I don't think this is a bad thing but a slightly it's got a message and it's it, it, mm. it's actually getting that message out there I also think that it works well with kind of what I was talking about if we if we kind of launch with a big Superman project. And if at some mm. some point we're going to kill the character off, it would be great to have throughout that earlier time, after we see him in this big tentpole movie, some shorter, mm. more contained adventures on on your TV or whatever, mm. where we see other ways that this version of Superman is heroic, and we really yes. focus on him as a hero, and we focus mm. on we we're going to get to see him in that big budget movie do all the punching, and yes. I, I think that's important. That's part of Superman, but the other mm. part of Superman is that he is someone that does good in lots of ways. And so I think something like that and maybe other little special where he helps someone get a cat from a tree or whatever it might be yeah. that, that show that other yeah. side of him, I think that could yeah. be really beautiful. Him going home for Ma's birthday and him and it keep getting messed up by criminals. Yeah. Like there's so many fun things you could do. 
definitely. The, I, I should probably mention, I meant to actually say, the the, the short series that I'm pitching in this <clears throat> bit is, it's just called Saved. Okay. So it's, I, I just thought it would be interesting to read these characters from the outside perspective because it really gives you that ground level, you know, identification characters looking into this world of absolute, mayhem and yeah what? I, I love that and and, and i like the fact up. that there's opportunity for maybe some fun episodes but some with some mm. deeper messages as well Definitely. something yeah. that popped into my mind that i think would fit very well into that space i'm not sure if you're aware of the comic green arrow green lantern but it was very much a comic that was a, around it dealt with a lot of issues like that was kind of the key mm. thing about it race relations mm. i remember there being an issue i think about native americans and reserves and and so there were a lot of it was green arrow who yep. was this more kind of lefty character and yep. and green lantern who was this kind of cop maybe straight laced kind of a slightly more conservative yep. type character and them both being forced to examine their prejudices as as heroes and I think that could be a really beautiful thing to do an episode, even if it was just a one-off with those yeah. two guys. I think that could be a, a, a good way to to touch on that material. That that comic Definitely now, put that in. yeah, it's an older comic now. Mm. Maybe it does kind of feel a little bit Captain Planety in some ways. But I think modernizing the ideas that it was that it was talking about could be a really f- a, a way that we make our. DC Universe feel a bit more like we're taking a stand on things and we're going to have, yeah. um, we want to do, we're not just looking to entertain people. We're going to be doing a lot of that, but also do some mm. actual good in the world. But then and, I, I like the idea that it's, you know, people coming together to come up with these solutions rather than, you know, just retreating into their camps and saying, you know, stuff you were going to do it my way. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think <laughs> the, the green, I can't think of a better kind of team up of Green Lantern and Green Arrow of like, kind of opposing ideas to kind of examine some of those touchier mm. topics. And and in a way, I think that obviously it's a superhero world, but I think we need to make sure we're really clear that we, we deal with it in a responsible and uh, just an appropriate way. But, but I think there's a space for that. And superheroes are meant to be that. And I think yeah. reminding people of that is really important. I think spot on. I, I'm really glad you brought that up. That was outside of my thinking. And I think it's really mm. important. Yeah. Oh well, my my pleasure. My my other thoughts in this saved series I just written as dot points. Wonder Woman stepping in to act as an ambassador to basically stop a war before it happens. Yep. You know, so this would be told from the perspective of soldiers on the ground, either ready to defend their country or you know fight for their ideals or whatever it might be. But she's there just to actually stop violence before it. Yes. happens so and, and i so think told told from that perspective would be you know we need to be we yeah. need to be very and i'm sure james will want to have a say on this stuff but we need to be yeah. i think very thoughtful about who directs each of these projects because i think you want people with lived experiences and and things to be telling these stories yes. but yeah it sounds really cool i think yeah i, yeah. I like it yeah because yeah, I, th- I thought Wonder Woman would be the best one to sort of like you know in the real world if she was around, we she could step in and probably Ukraine might be in a better place. Yes, yeah, um, I think it's yeah, it's a tricky a, one. We don't want to we don't want to white savior yeah. it too much either. But it's it, I I think that's the key thing of getting the people and again it's the right people to direct this. Yeah, would pe- be people that have had important. experiences and and come yes. from backgrounds. Um, 
probably not two white guys from Tasmania on the, this one. We can direct Superman no. and they and we can find some maybe some more diverse voices for some of this stuff because most, I think that's most important. Definitely. You would definitely need someone with actual tact to, yes. to write this because, again, the the... the these are very broad strokes i'm just oh pitching. yeah it's yeah, yeah. I, I think the idea definitely is something i'm very underqualified to actually <laughs> we, i think we can both we can both acknowledge that and that's that's yep. totally fine <laughs> yeah my, my third idea for this in the save series and this would be like the third episode batman rescues a family from the joker yeah and it follows their subsequent hardships of what living in gotham actually looks like yeah okay. it also gives a reason for like why gotham is worth saving yeah um, yeah and, and so the grassroots ground level stuff yeah exactly yeah. so so the overall purpose of this of, of saved as a as a sort of mini series is to give us relatable ground level characters that'll give us a sense of own overall communities and ideals that the superheroes are fighting to protect there was a fantastic video essay i saw from patrick's patrick h willems about the people in spider-man yep, yep. Uh, in in the sam raimi spider-man movies yes and it's actually a he, he raised some very good points and it was a blind spot when I was actually coming up with our pitches in our first episodes. Yeah. Just how big a part the, the individual people the, on the ground, the, the people yeah. who just come into the film and they're never seen again. Yeah. Like they give a sense of the community that, that Spider-Man is a part of and what yeah. he's actually fighting for. And Even, that's something. Yeah. Well, there are some issues with some of those later, like amazing Spider-Man, for example, there are also some great mm. moments in Amazing Spider-Man 2 that I think do that, like the bit where he Spider-Man helps a kid who's being bullied and mm. helps him fix his science fair project. And to me, despite the fact that Amazing Spider-Man 2 is maybe my least favourite Spider-Man movie, it's simultaneously, that's maybe one of my favourite moments across all of the Spider-Man movies. So it's, yeah. I think, something that popped into my mind, sorry to interrupt, but if, we were, if we're going to do this as an ongoing kind of thing, perhaps after we get that big budget doomsday film, we see that sequence at the end from a civilian point of view. Maybe someone yeah. that was in that building that Superman was holding up or, or something, yeah. another way of seeing an event that we've seen elsewhere kind of explored again by a person who was there. Because we, we're probably mm. not going to have time to do that in the movie, but we've got mm. this great opportunity to, to explore some of those other events elsewhere yeah. too. Yeah, and I, and just, just having those sort of stories told from the outside perspective, you still get the, the cool spectacle of actually seeing Superman and having him do awesome stuff. Yes. Or, or Batman or, or The Flash but or, or Wonder Woman. But you you can actually relate to it a little bit better, I think. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to like, oh, you know, Superman gets punched and it's like, ow. You know, but it's it's really hard to relate to how it must feel to be like smacked in the face by a train and then go plowing through like several yes. buildings. <laughs> yeah, I can't really relate so, to that. <laughs> no, so, no, I think, no, we probably I, need to find directors who can relate to that as yeah, well. But, oh, mind but you, I, you got thrown through a table. Yeah, it's true. I think, I, but I, I do think like, for example, if we're dealing with conflicts and things like that, finding a director that's lived in that space, obviously they weren't, Wonder Woman probably wasn't involved, but someone who can who knows what that feels like and maybe knows how to communicate that and communicate some yeah. of that nuance to to a wider audience that maybe we're not able to do so i think i think it's very but i, I love the UN idea ambassador sort yes. of level of stuff yeah yeah i love it yeah so yeah the, the the tv shows i would think would be good for fleshing out larger groups of characters so definitely the individual bat family members yeah villains like lex luther at, at lex corp like that could yeah. be a fun little 
exploration. Yeah. I, I've literally put here Daredevil series, but with Nightwing. Okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. I, I think, think that would just be amazing. That. Yeah. Yeah. And I like the idea that we get to maybe <clears throat> give some of our other Bat characters some time. We've we've had a lot of Batman. So let's see some of those mm. other, there are a lot of really cool characters in that pocket yeah. so like nightwing in bloodhaven would just be awesome i reckon yeah like, yeah you know, and and go for it distinct as well which i think is mm. really really key yeah so that that's it for like a dc prime as far as my my notes are concerned dc yeah dc elseworlds i'm not sure if i i fleshed all this out already but i'll just quickly go through the points so as i mentioned everything that dc has made up to this point falls under elsewhere elseworlds yeah that's everything yeah but that's not to say that there can't be new projects in this vein also sure so this is where storytellers can explore ideas and concepts that don't fit into the occasionally limiting scope of the prime continuity so sure. projects like joker or the batman that exist in their own pocket dimensions yeah but if they wanted to do a very specific version of like like superman earth one or yeah. we could uh, do red sun or deceased red or... sun yeah yeah exactly. something like yeah. that yeah so things like this would be like the what if yeah corner as well so yeah stuff like that and that's not to say that some of these elements from either new content or older content can't flash point into the prime universe sure so there's that i i would almost think that from the original dceu i would really love to incorporate the shazams yeah <laughs> into yeah, I, into that i'd really quite like out of everything it, that franchise it was I a think thing that i actually to... thought of quite a bit because of all of the of all of the dc stuff I think they they have the most legs as in mm. terms of well, doing, I mean, there's the most characters, so yeah, yeah, and they're More doing legs. yes, <laughs> but they're also doing something different. Like I feel like they're doing something kind of unique to that franchise. The the reason they, I, they are actually facing the whole wish fulfillment of a twelve year old exactly. boy. That, that's the, the whole the challenge I, of comic books. The ha challenge I have with Shazam and what to do with him when I was thinking of my kind of pitch is. That even after this one, those kids are gonna be getting old, and it's gonna be hard to. It's oh, hard. You can deep fake. Yes, yeah. So it's gonna be hard to kind of see that that aspect of it, because obviously, as the kids get older and older, to me, the premise gets less interesting. So, <laughs> but I agree. I'd love to save Shazam. So if we can save Shazam, let's let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, the the labels output will primarily be movies moving forward. I don't think it would be a good idea to have much TV come out of this. Yeah. Because if you if it's it's sort of like you've had the Arrowverse has has been the DC tele television for for most of this now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that did actually manage to incorporate a few things, but you've also got Titans. You've got the Harley Quinn animated show. I mean, animation is is probably a lore unto itself but for the most part i think live action should probably take a step back just to let the main yeah. um, continuity sure. through yeah and but that said you know dc is more than just a movie company they are also a publishing company so yep. comics and books can and will explore any untold futures that the dce sure you and and I would actually include the Snyderverse as like a pocket within that. Yeah, you um, can do a, Snyder, as well. a Snyderverse comic that like continues that story yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, um, like we can we can see what he would have planned, and we can all go, oh, thank heavens! Like those small, we, we yeah. killed that. <laughs> but like we had the Smallville season eleven comics, the Batman sixty six comics. Like I think yes. expanding that stuff would be really really fun. Yes, but you could also have Dark Knight continued material following the adventures of John Blake or whatever happens thereafter yeah you'd have the tv's arrowverse and any other favorite continuities could have more batman 66 yeah and i mean like i say any of these elements could get flashpointed yeah. as long as it wouldn't 
compromise the original product. So I think Shazam would hold up to flashpointing. I think yes, to a degree, I think a lot of the Snyderverse, it would be weird, but you yes. know, to bring that grim dark over, but it yeah. could happen. Yeah, yeah. So that that's just generally the the goal of the Elseworlds label within DC and these t- sort of two part things is to reinforce to audiences that we know that they're smart enough to understand the concept of multiple universes existing within dc some of them interact some of them just stand alone yeah and it caters to all tastes yeah so you know like it more stuff yeah something that popped into my mind just when you were talking about all tastes and other things and i don't know whether this would be an elsewhere thing or what i actually may be thinking about is more in that cinematic universe space but maybe as its own separate thing like let's imagine a world where amazon wants their own dc shows so maybe they do something like there's an imprint in the dc comics young animal which was Jared Way from My Chemical Romance's kind of project. And it was stories in the main DC comic universe, but with wacky or weird kind of characters. You had things like Cave Carson has a bionic eye, or that's where Doom Patrol ended up sitting. You had things like Mother Panic. And it was... It was a really cool thing. And I think you could do that where you're like, okay, your Amazon or whoever you're going to get, you can play with the young animal characters. Like you can, we're going to incorporate them into the bigger universe. You can borrow some of these bigger DC mm-hmm. characters, but you're going to do your own thing. You're going to have your own tone, your own yep. kind of different corner of the DC universe that you're going to explore. And I think yep. that could be really a really fun thing, similar to what you said with the Netflix Marvel stuff, where it was mm-hmm. connected but its own thing too. Tenuously. No, I, and I think like anything you, if you see something that's sinking on its own, just prune that shit. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 We're not going to, um, sorry, Black Adam, but goodbye. Um, but, yeah, um, no, that, that was harsh. Black Adam was, a, it was, it was, it was, it was very average, but um, yeah. well, I mean, I, I mean, like, but this is the thing, like there's a bit of a bittersweet, feeling to it at some point like i know henry cavill is an amazing superman i just wish he had a script to match Mm. i think he's capable of being an amazing superman i think we saw the that's what i mean yeah yeah, we saw the we saw the elements of that as as much as justice league was maybe not great we did see some Mm. some kind of hints towards a more traditional superman and while he maybe had a slightly floaty lip, his actual acting was good. And I think he yeah. he more than had it in him. But I think, and I, I mean, I think James has already announced this and made this decision for us. He's gone. But I think, unfortunately, that time has passed. It's yeah. It's time for the, the new kids to come out to play. I don't know if you had any thoughts on casting. Maybe that's getting a little bit outside of our, our realm. I'm, but. I'm starting to get to a little bit old myself, I think, because yeah. I'm thinking of all the actors that could have played. And it's like, oh, hang on. It's probably the sunset on that. <laughs> th- yeah, and I think that's a really key thing, especially, um, I guess, let's imagine for now that we're going to kind of connect our two ideas. So maybe in broad strokes, some of my stories are telling that continuing universe, but we're going to use all of those kind of greater things that you've got in place like Elseworlds and some of that spin-off stuff and the TV stuff. So we'll kind of combine mm. them. Let's let's combine them for for the for now for the purposes of, of pitching yeah, this yeah, to yeah. James and and making it easy for our listeners to understand. If we go by mm. that route, I think we want to have younger actors for a lot of our superheroes just because yeah. 
we want them to have long careers, right? We want them yes. to tell many stories and we want Tom Holland aged kind of guys that can grow up with, they're not necessarily going to be starting as kids, but they're starting young and they, and they, that's not to say they couldn't play an older version of the character in another story, but just, yeah. I think we need to start with some young, fresh faces. And that's where for me, it becomes a bit tricky because I think a lot of, we are going to have to start looking for people that aren't necessarily, we're not, we don't know them super well yet. And I think we're going to need to go down the path of, of finding a really good well, casting I mean, agent. James, James has come to us for uh, like, you know, the writing, not necessarily yes. the casting. So, you and know, we know I that he's worked with some great casting people before. Like if you look at Guardians, hmm. none of those characters are obvious choices, really. Like, Yeah, I mean, well, Zoe Saldana, she, she definitely was she, a pretty she big was, star by then. Yeah, and she was um, probably the biggest kind like not to say that bradley cooper or vin diesel weren't big stars but they weren't obvious picks yeah. if you know what i mean like yeah i mean karen gillen as nebula that's that's a pretty bold choice because she was only amy pond on yeah. doctor who i think up until then so. chris chris pratt yeah. was pretty much chris pratt and wreck at that know, point like yeah. yeah so i think yeah. we trust in james james is trusted yeah. in us and we trust in James yeah. and his casting agent that he's going to find mm -hmm. us some fresh young faces. I thought you might have just had a someone in mind that you particularly like. We had Brian Cranston. Specific Superman in mind. You could probably do like Liam Hems Hemsworth almost. Like he's got that kind of charm. I and spark I, I to think him, maybe, he's but... getting too old. I, I, He's I, probably too old now. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we're too old to to pick young people. Mm -hmm. We need to we need to like we did with the save series where we recognise that maybe it's not our area of expertise. We yep. we're gonna throw this over to casting, yeah. and we'll just have Brian Cranston as Lex, and and yeah, we'll, well, we'll call mean, Brian it a day. Cranston's a fun one. I think yeah. he'd, I think we crush it. He'd be yeah. scary and like yeah. And I like that good. idea that maybe Lex is older than Superman too. I think that's yeah, kind of a like fun it, and he, he's starting to feel like his like claw being pulled from the lever of power. A I, little I bit think as so. Well. I like, think that's fun. Good... I think that's a fun mm. dynamic. And even yeah. seeing trying to kind of relive his youth being Superman in the future, yeah. like I think that's I think that's a really fun avenue. And just like from a meta book standpoint, like Brian Cranston's very uh, he was he was Power Rangers. Uh, yes, he was Zordon. OG stuff, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was Zordon in the new movie, and he was monsters in the OG. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So cool. I think I don't know. I don't have a lot else to say. I think we have talked a lot about this. We've been going. This is going to be yeah, a, a no, long this is, special. This is really cool. I'm glad uh, you've taken all the all the notes down, and you know, obviously, yeah. don't we're going to have to redact a fair bit if you're wanting to put this out as a podcast as well. But that, yeah, I mean, the good news is we don't have to podcast anymore because you know we got James Gunn calling on us. Yeah, so I think exciting. We've we finally sold out. Yeah, exactly. I think James Gunn's going to be really, really, really happy with what we've done here today. So, so sorry, James Gunn. Yeah, James Gunn. Gunn or Gunt? Sorry, what are you saying? Is, what am I is saying? Is this letter from a guy called James Gunn or James Gunt? I've been. Have I been saying James Gunn? Yes. James Gunn. James Gunn is the one in charge of DC. Oh, movies. okay. I think this is from James Gunt. Okay, that's. I think Nick's. Sorry about that, guys. I think Nick got disconnected from the podcast. It's a bit embarrassing. I'm trying to get him back, but it's 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 not working here. I'm gonna take this moment to apologize to the the listeners that if we portrayed that we were working for James Gunn now, I I truly believed that that was the case. But looking at it a bit more carefully now, I think in my excitement, I got a little carried away. This is a letter from James Gunn. I think he was taking the piss and I think I've wasted a lot of people's time. So uh, 
I guess, go and maybe listen to the new Jurassic Park episode that just came out. And yeah, until next time, to, to be continued. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at TMYL2. Find our polls and website at tmyl2.wordpress.com. Our opening title is by Brett Harris. Getting Stronger Super Me was written by Theron Ruth and was mixed by Paul Slater. This episode was edited by Brennan Grace.